Well, good morning. How about those Knolls, huh? Yeah, got some fans. I mean, I think it's the only Florida team that won. I was cheering for them all, cheering for the Gators, cheering for University of Miami. I was born in Miami, but the Knolls, I think you call that grace. I don't know, but whatever. I am grateful they won, right? I guess enough of football. We don't have enough Knowles fans here. So let's get back to church. Kind of like to begin this new series on making life work by, by asking you this question. Where do you go for advice? If I, besides Google and Siri, where do you go for, for wise advice? How many of you go to one of these? The Dummies series. They got dummies for everything. They say there's over 1,800 different titles. 1,800. They say in America and Canada, every minute, 10 copies of the dummy series is being sold and being bought. Phenomenally successful. Over 250 million copies of the dummy series. People going to the dummy books in order to uh, make life make sense. So where do you go when you want advice? Matter of fact, they got dummy books. They got dummy books for dummies. I mean, they got knitting for dummies. That was a joke. Dummies for dummies. Anyway, they got knitting for dummies. They've got cocktail parties for dummies. Relationships for dummies. You know, relationship not working, get a, a dummy book. Okay. Sushi for dummies. Robot building for dummies. How many of you are building a robot? Anybody in here building robots? Okay. Uh, acne for dummies. I won't ask you to raise your hand on that one. Uh, NASCAR for dummies. I mean, how dumb can you get? You just turn left, right? You just keep turning left, right? You know, my, my father said the book basically says anyone who cheers for a Ford is a, a dummy. That's right. You said it. Okay. And, and then they got parenting for dummies and then sailing for dummies. My son, Philip, almost bought me that book after I sunk our, our sailboat. You know, so where do you go for wise advice? Well, you know, there's a book in the Bible written specifically to keep us from becoming a dummy. The biblical word for it is the word fool. Now, as a little boy, I was always told you couldn't say the word fool. You know, you call your brother a fool or something, and I'd always get in trouble. So I have a hard time saying it in church, but it's in the book. I mean, it's in the book a lot. And the Bible specifically has a book for fools and for dummies and for, for honest, all of us. Because we're all foolish at times and we're all dummies at times. That's why 250 million of us have bought the dummy book, right? So let's be honest and let's be real about it and we all struggle with it. But there's this incredible book called Proverbs. And it takes ageless, priceless wisdom of God and it makes it understandable for everyday Joes like me and like you, it's one of the best places I go when I'm looking for advice on a specific topic or a specific issue. And it's my prayer that over the next nine weeks that you will come to love this book the way I love this book. I remember when I was a 16-year-old young man and how the book of Proverbs helped me so much in my life as a young boy getting started and getting going. As a young adult, as an older adult. Is that what I call myself now? An older adult. And they call me all the time the senior pastor, which sounds like I'm the pastor for the seniors. So uh, um, I, I, I love the book of Proverbs. 
And I hope over the next nine weeks, you will really grow in your love for the book of Proverbs. Bill Heibel says the book of Proverbs is so poetical yet practical, so humorous yet helpful, so direct yet deep. Andy Stanley would say the book is deep and wide, his favorite expression, you know. It's theologically rich yet extremely practical. Now the word proverb comes from a Hebrew root which means to rule or to govern. Means to what? To rule or to govern. Proverbs are kind of like divine principles to help us rule, to help us govern our lives. So a proverb is a divine principle to help us make life work. They're divine principles to make sense out of life, to help make life better. See, God is a good God. God is a gracious God. God wants to be involved in your life every day. And he wants to help you make your life work better and to be better. And so he's given us this incredible book called Proverbs. Now, if God was to ask you, what can I give you? How can I help you? What can can I give you to help your life work better? How many of you would ask for a, a new spouse? Can I see your hands? I wouldn't raise your hand. How many, would, and be honest, how many would ask for a new body? I mean, to be forever young. I, you know, my hand's over that one, you know. I had cramps on my knees this week. I said, what is going on, you know? Or how many would ask for a billion dollars? I mean, not being greedy. I mean, just a billion. I got a lot more hands going up, you know. I mean, you're not asking me richer than Bill Gates. Just, just a billion. I mean, what's a million these days? You've got to ask for a billion, right? Well, in 1 Kings chapter 3, in a dream, God asked King Solomon that question. He says, what do you want? And I'll give it to you. It's kind of like a genie in a bottle. Can you imagine that? God saying, hey, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. And this is how Solomon responded in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's begin reading with verse 19. Give me, what's he asked for? What? An understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great nation of yours? The Lord was pleased with Solomon's reply and was glad that he had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people and have not asked for long life or for riches for yourselves or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding mind such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. Solomon became the wisest man who ever lived. And he authored some 3,000 proverbs, statements, sayings to help us become wiser. Now, Solomon's written probably about three different books or he took part in writing uh, the book of Proverbs. Not all the Proverbs are from uh, Solomon. Uh, We're told that Solomon wrote the book called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon in his early years. It talked about his his love and his relationship for the Shulamite woman. In his middle years, he wrote the book of Proverbs. And then towards the end of his life, he wrote the book called Ecclesiastes. And he said that the key to really making life work is to pursue 
wisdom. To pursue wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 7 says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Can I read it again? Can you read it with me? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. It's the wisest thing you can do. Get wisdom. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her. Pursue her. And she will honor you. I love the way Peterson translates that last part. He says, and she will make your life glorious. Pursue wisdom. And she will make your life glorious. Now, what is wisdom? First of all, wisdom is not. Wisdom is not knowledge, not just knowledge. You know, we live in what's called the information age. There's an explosion of knowledge today. But you can be an educated fool. You can have a lot of degrees and not make your life work. Wisdom, excuse me, wisdom is not having a high IQ. You can have a very high IQ and still be making a lot of foolish decisions. I'll never forget a friend I had my freshman year in college. His name was Rory. Guy was brilliant. I mean, he literally had a photographic memory. And I would study. He was up there in the dorm with me upstairs. And I would study with Rory. And every single time I studied with him, I'd get mad. I would become envious. I mean, I, I, this guy was just so smart. We'd, I, you know, we'd, he would read a page of our notes, and he could just give it back to me word for word. I mean, he was just brilliant. And I was working so hard. I struggle in memorizing things, you know. And I was working so hard. And, and Rory, it, it just came natural. But the years passed, and Rory, he dropped out of school, got married. Carol, sweet girl, his marriage failed. His life failed. Couldn't keep a job. He was in school to become a pastor like me. He was brilliant, but he wasn't wise. You see, wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. That's what wisdom is. That's what biblical wisdom is. It's seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of seeing. It's an attitude of wanting to know and understand God's point of view, God's perspective. And then it's an action. It's doing what is right, doing what is true, combined with good judgment. It's seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. And to help us to see and to respond to life from God's perspective, I'd like to ask every single person in this church to do something. Over the course of the next two months, next 60, 62 days, I would like for you to join us in every day reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs. Today's the 21st of September, so today, if you did it today, you'd read Proverbs 21. Tomorrow would be the 22nd, and you'd read the 22nd chapter of Proverbs. We're going to be sending you out. If you're on our email address, um, Brent has put together. Each day you'll get before the morning uh, something that will reflect and explain. Tomorrow it's going to explain Proverbs 22, which will help your time as you read Proverbs chapter 22. So every day for the next 62 days, I want you to begin your day with reading one chapter of Proverbs. For two years, I did that. Two years often, I would do it in the morning, and I'd read the same proverb at night. 
because I just want to saturate my mind and my, my mind and my will with God's word, with the, God's wisdom, God's truth. I wanted to get wisdom. I wanted to get all the wisdom I possibly could. Now let me tell you why I truly believe you need to do this. Five things. Five benefits of pursuing wisdom. Number one, pursuing wisdom brings about God's favor in my life. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13 says, Blessed is the man or happy is the man who finds what? Who finds what? Wisdom. The man who gains understanding for she is more profitable than silver. Yields better return than gold. The return on wisdom is far greater than gold. She, and who's the she he's talking about here? Wisdom. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Now, as you read these Proverbs, you need to realize that, that, that Solomon is speaking in generalities, and there's always exceptions to this, but Solomon is saying that if you will pursue wisdom, you will live longer, and you will live a better life. He goes on in verse 16, he says, And her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are what? Peace. We'll experience more peace in our life and more peace in our mind because we will have God's perspective. We will have wisdom. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. What, a, what an analogy. She's a tree. She brings life to those who pursue her, embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be, what's the word? Blessed. They will receive God's favor. You see, when all is said and done, there are only two sources of wisdom. The Word and the world. The Word of God, which has been around for a couple thousand years, kind of proven itself. It's permanent. It's eternal. It's everlasting. It's perpetual. It's timeless. That's the Word of God. And then you have the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of man, the wisdom of mankind, which is constantly changing. It's cultural. It's temporal. It's always dying. The founders of modern psychology, Freud, Maslow, Rogers, and James, they all disagree with each other. <laughs> I mean, you read it. They all disagree with each other. Now, please don't get me wrong, man. We can learn from them, and we should learn from them but it's temporal, it's dying, it's changing. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have a distinct but yet a unified message that Jesus is the eternal revealed wisdom of God. So the question, the question each one of us needs to ultimately ask is who are you going to trust? Who are you going to look to for, for wisdom? Are we going to pursue God's wisdom or are we going to pursue the wisdom of this world? And maybe even a more important question is, what are we pursuing? I mean, answer that question. Let's be honest. What am I pursuing? What are you pursuing? Now, am I the only one here that believes everything I, I watch on TV? Anybody else believes everything you watch on TV? Am I the only one here that believes everything I, I read on the web or everything I read in the newspaper? 
Am I the only one that believes everything I read and see? But how many of you believe what you read in the Bible? Can I see your hands? You know, you believe. I believe it. I believe what I read. It's proven itself over thousands of years to be trustworthy and reliable. And yet, let's be honest, what do and where do we spend most of our time pursuing, reading, studying, watching? We wonder why our life doesn't work and make sense. But yet we spend more time watching and reading what we don't believe than what we do believe. We need to pursue God. We need to pursue His wisdom. And the Bible is like God's owner's book to help us make life sense, to make life work. Now, how many of you uh, this week, maybe Friday, you have ordered or you've already received a new iPhone 6 or 6 Plus? Isn't that thing cool? Or maybe you got one of these watches, I guess, that are coming out. You got one on order. Anybody? Anybody? Got a new? All right, you got one. I know Rob's got one. Our drummer's got one. Uh, We can all envy you. Um, you know, my wife said the line went for miles in the Gardens Mall, you know. Um, and, uh, and let me ask you a question. You got, I'm going to ask everybody a question because I'm assuming everybody here has a smartphone, right? That's pretty safe to assume these days. I'm sorry. You, you need to tell mom to get you one. Dr. Ray says you need a <laughs> smartphone. I'm sorry, mom. See me up. Help pay for it. Um, but here's a, a perplexing question. And I want you to think with me. When your phone is not working right, who do you usually get mad at? You get mad at your phone, right? That stupid phone. That stupid computer, you know? You get mad at Apple. Some of you get mad at Steve Jobs. He's dead and gone. Rarely do we get mad at ourselves for not taking the time to read that owner's manual, right? So the next time life doesn't make sense, please don't be in such a hurry to get mad at God or to get mad at life. Instead, take some time and read and study your owner's manual. Remember, wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. And you can't see and you can't respond to life from God's perspective if you're not reading and studying and memorizing God's Word. You have to pursue wisdom. And when we pursue wisdom, we'll find God's favor in our life. Number two, pursuing wisdom brings God's favor to my family. To my family. How many of you, when you think of your family or you think of dads and moms out there, how many of you can think of a wise father? who just seems to know when to encourage uh, his kids and when to admonish his, his kids, of when to be tender with them and when to correct them forcefully. How many of you can think of a, a wise mother out there who just seems to know when to give advice and then when just to have the, the discipline not to say anything and just to, to listen? When to teach her kids And when to let life's consequences be their children's teacher. A wise, godly woman. 
Now try to put a value on those wise, insightful parents or grandparents. How much are they worth to that son or to that daughter? Aren't they more valuable than silver or gold or rubies or even a college education? You know, I was very blessed. I grew up with a mom and a dad both that prized me, that valued me, that encouraged me consistently to pursue God and to pursue God's wisdom. And I've been so blessed because of that. God's favor because of my parents. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Grandchildren are the pride and joy of old men. Now, I've got my first grandchild coming in January. I guess that makes me an old man, according to this verse. Grandchildren are the pride and joy of what? You don't even want to read it, do you? Of old men. And a son is proud of his father. God's plan in the home and the family is for us to have mutual respect where parents and children are allies. They're working together where moms and dads are proud of their kids and their kids are proud of their moms and dads. And I've been always just so proud of my parents. You know, my dad never finished college, went to college for one semester. My mom, it wasn't until we almost got into high school or, or middle school that she went back to college. And she'd go to school at night, you know, and my sister would have to cook us dinner. And I'm sorry, it, 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 it sucked. I mean, it was bad. We all suffered as mom went back to school, you know. And then she became a teacher and a school administrator. But, but they gave me an incredible education in how to make life work. And I've met a lot of people whose life is not working very well. It's, it's kind of what I do for a living, and, and I don't judge them. And my life doesn't work well all the time either. But when I talk with them about their life, you know, it, it's not because they're not smart or educated or trying hard. But when I talk with them and they share how their life is not working well, it's often because they grew up with a foolish dad or a foolish mother and they're paying for it everything in their life is really hard because they didn't have a parent who irrationally loved them and set limits and boundaries on their life you see in order to grow up normal we need parents who give us abnormal dosages of love. We need parents who give us abnormal dosages of discipline. The human heart needs irrational love and limits, boundaries, and borders. I'll never forget my daughter uh, when she was uh, gone away her freshman year in college and um, in her freshman year, towards the end of her freshman year, she called me and we talk often and she said, Dad, I just really wanted to tell you how proud I am of you and how much I love and appreciate you and and uh, I'm a kind of a why guy. When someone does gives me a compliment, I, I, I got to figure out like why. You know, you, you need money. You know what? What's up, honey? You know what's going on? Well, why do you say that, honey? She said, "Well, Dad, you know, I'm you know I, I'm hanging out with a lot of my girls and my girlfriends, and I find these girls' lives are just struggling, and they and they have such bad relationships with their father, and there's just so much junk in their life, and it made me so grateful." of my relationship with you. You see, this thing called being a parent is really serious. 
And you and I, we need to pursue God's wisdom so we can help mark young lives. Proverbs 15.20 says, Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. Pursuing God, pursuing wisdom, brings God's favor to my life, to my family. And number three, pursuing wisdom brings God's favor to my work. Look at this verse, Proverbs 22.29, great verse. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Now what this proverb is saying, and again it's speaking in generalities. This is a principle for life. People who work wisely over time will become skillful in what they do. And they will be esteemed by their peers. They will be esteemed by their superiors. They will stand before kings. They will be rewarded richly for their work. That's just the way life works. And when I read this verse, I think of some of you men and women here at Palm Beach Community Church. You know, you might not have a dazzling talent or stellar credentials or a charismatic personality. You might not have ever went to college and maybe even finished high school. But yet you have risen to a place of strategic importance in the marketplace because you have been skillful in your work. You have worked hard and long and have handled yourself wisely over the long haul in front of your peers. And now you have reaped the harvest, the fruitfulness of God's favor in your life and your job. And I love talking with those men and those women because it's amazing how they're just so grateful and they realize all they've got and what they have and they're so quick always to give God the credit and God the glory because they realize they're just a fool. They're just a fool because we're all fools. We're all foolish. And God somehow, way, when we become faithful and good stewards, God just shows his favor. God just blesses what we do and, and it grows and it expands. Pursuing wisdom pays off. That's the lesson of Proverbs. Pursuing wisdom brings God's favor to my life and to my family and to my work. And number four, pursuing wisdom keeps me from becoming a, what's the word? Fool. I wasn't allowed to say that when I was a little boy. All right, becoming a fool. You just said it in church. Um, and Proverbs is full of these warnings about becoming a fool. Proverbs 26, 11 says, let's read this one together out loud, can we? Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who re... You guys didn't read it that good, by the way, but... I mean, that verse is just like gross, isn't it? But have you ever had a dog? That's exactly what a dog does. Dog eats something poisonous, something sick, you know, and so what do they do? They, their body naturally barfs the stuff up and then the dog goes back and eats the same bad stuff again. You're thinking, what's wrong with that dumb dog? It's a fool. And that's the same thing many of us do. We return to our folly. We return to our foolishness. We don't learn life's lesson. We don't pursue wisdom. 
See, the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. The opposite of a wise person is a fool. And Solomon says a fool is someone who ignores God's wisdom. It's someone who just, they're headstrong. They do their own thing. Fools are headstrong, Proverbs 12, 15. And do what they like. Wise people take advice. There's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to where? Hell. Now you said fool. Now you said hell in church. All right, you're not doing too good. And let's be honest, we're all born with this bent towards foolishness. Proverbs 12, 15 says, a youngster's heart is filled with, what's the word? Foolishness. But discipline will drive it away. Foolishness needs to be driven out step by step, day by day, month by month, hour by hour, year by year. You know, when we first moved back to South Florida from Memphis, we moved into this little duplex over there off of North Lake on Rhone. And um, it was a little two-bedroom duplex. And when we moved here, it was just Raymond and Janelle. And they shared this room together. And the best thing about this duplex, we had a large, fenced-in backyard. And uh, Raymond is like his father and like his mother. He is just full of energy. And he was running and going all the time. And he loved playing in his backyard. And I went out there and I built a, a sandbox for him to play in. And he just loved playing in that sandbox, Tim and Janelle. Well, then Philip came along. And uh, as Philip got older... I would take Philip outside to that sandbox and I kind of would, would prop him up in the corner, you know. He's just a little guy and he would watch as I would watch Raymond and Janelle, you know, playing with their trucks and, and their Barbies, well, whatever they were. I don't know if she had Barbies in the sandbox. But anyways, they would be out there playing and Philip would sit there and I watch. If I would just take my eyes off of Philip for a second, he would kind of feel a twinge in his stomach like he's hungry and he would grab that sand and he would put it right in his mouth. You know, and I'd say, Philip, you know, I'd grab his hand and open it up. He's just a little guy, like six months, you know, and brush it off. And Philip, you don't eat sand. No, you don't eat sand. Well, Philip grew up, became a toddler, you know, and he was running all the time. And guess where Philip always wanted to go? He always wanted to go outside with his big brother, Raymond. And he always wanted to go to Raymond. His Raymond would be out there playing with his trucks, you know, and in his sandbox. And Philip would be out there in the sandbox. And guess what Philip would do? Now he's 18 months old. He would start eating sand. And Raymond would run in the house. And Raymond would say, Philip's eating sand again, Dad. Philip's eating sand again. You know, and I'd run outside and say, Philip, don't eat sand. This is not good for you. It's going to make you sick again. Haven't you learned? Why do you keep eating sand? And so I go back in the house. And sure enough, Raymond comes running in the house again and says, Philip's eating sand. And I'd go out there and say, Philip, you know the cats next door? Do you know where they pee-pee? In your sandbox. You're eating pee-pee, you know, when you eat sand. Philip, don't eat sand and Raymond come running back in the house again Philip's eating sand now I don't know maybe Raymond was feeding him the sand I, I don't know but this is the point that Solomon's trying to make little boys and little girls become teenagers and teenagers become young adults and they need to learn to say no to their impulses fools can't say no to their impulses. They can't say no to their impulse to put something in their mouth like drugs or alcohol or cigarettes. They, they can't say no to their sexual impulses. They can't say no to, to buy things they can't afford with money they don't have. They can't say no. And they end up, we end up 
living a life that doesn't work because we lack wisdom that leads to impulse control. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. Your life's really just not working for you. Maybe you're kind of tired of the pain. You're tired of the damage that you've done to yourself and others. You've drifted far enough away from where you need to be. And maybe this morning you need to say, God, I'm tired. I'm just sick and tired of my life not working. And maybe your life is working pretty well in a lot of areas, but maybe in the area of your marriage or maybe in the area of your job or maybe in your area of your relationships, it's not working very well. And this morning, if you want to learn to live by Proverbs, it's got to start by you seeing and owning it. It's got to start by you saying, I am sick and tired of what I'm sick and tired of. I'm sick and tired, tired of my life not working. I'm tired of always trying to do life my way, the hard way, the wrong way. I need to see and respond to life from your perspective. See, pursuing wisdom brings me closer to God. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of understanding. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of God means to respect God. It means to honor God. It means to reverence God. It means to acknowledge Him as the Creator and your Creator. It means to trust Him. And it's foolish to try to live your life by ignoring the one who made you. You were made for a purpose and God has a a plan for your life. And as you pursue Him, life will work better and your life will be better. And you pursue God by pursuing His Son. 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, let's read this together. Can we, one voice? Christ is the power and... Jesus Christ embodied the wisdom of God. He personified it. He lived it out in front of us in the way He lived, the way He acted, the way He treated people. And we need to choose to pursue Him, to follow Him. We need to choose to own up to our foolish living and our foolish ways and say, enough, I'm tired of my life not working. I put my faith and trust in you and in you alone. As we start this incredible journey on studying this book of Proverbs, it needs to start with you and I owning up to the foolishness in our lives. And I ask you this morning to own up. Can we bow our heads in prayer? You know, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, can you just be honest? Can you just be transparent with God? Can you say, God, I'm tired of my life not working. Can that be your prayer? God, I'm tired of my life not working. I want to stop the madness, God. I want to stop this foolishness in my life. Can you pray that? Can you say, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. I need to pursue you. God, that's our prayer this morning. I will follow you. I'll put my trust in you. In your word, help me not to follow the foolishness of this world, but to pursue you 
Can you pray that this morning? Jesus, come to my rescue. Some of you need to ask Christ to save your soul this morning. Others of us need to say, God, help me to pursue you every day of my life. If that's your prayer, if you want to join me in pursuing wisdom and in pursuing God and pursuing Christ, I ask you to make a commitment right now to do two things this morning. Number one is this, to read one chapter a day from the book of Proverbs every day for the next two months. Tomorrow we'll be reading Proverbs 22. If you're going to join us in doing that, can you just slip your hand up? Say, I'll do it for the next 60 days, every day consistently. Raise your hand. All right, I'll do it. The second thing, if you want to become a wise person, you need to hang out with wise people. Proverbs 13, 20 says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. You need to choose your friend wisely. And I want to ask you this morning to choose to to get into a growth group. About a dozen of our groups are going to be studying Proverbs over the next nine weeks. And I just want to encourage you right now to say, God, I need to get in. I need to get into one of those growth groups. I need to grow. I need to pursue you. I need to pursue wisdom. God, help me to get into a group. Help me to choose my friends wisely. God, we thank you so much for this morning and we thank you so much for, uh, for the joy of communion. And God, we thank you so much for a chance to worship and to learn and to grow. And we pray this week, God, that you'll help us to pursue you by, by reading your word, by studying your word, by pursuing wise, healthy relationships with those around us. God, help us to seek out the wise. Help us to become wise by walking with the wise. We need you. And we humble ourselves and we acknowledge that. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen.